Welcome to Roadside, where we talk about the fascinating and sometimes disturbing history behind roadside attractions and unique destinations. Hello. 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 My name is Abigail. My name is Janica. And this is Roadside. This is Roadside. Just just reminding you, in case you forgot. Or if you've never been here. Yes. You could start here. You could start right here. You've never been here. Welcome. If you are brand new. If you're brand new, welcome if you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. We're here. We're back. We have returned. I am Abigail's mother. I am Janica's daughter. Yes. Yes. In case anybody didn't know that. It's true. It is true. What's up, Mama? How's it going? It's going good. Going good? Anything new? Anything new and exciting? No. Oh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nice. Nothing new and exciting. Nothing. But that's okay. It happens. Yeah. That's fine. Anything new and exciting for you? Freaking. Oh, my gosh. I have to tell you this story. Okay. That happened yesterday morning. Okay. I was at work. I doubled yesterday. Yes. I went in at 1130 and then I closed, which means I'd have to go in at four. So I went at 1130 and I was in the party room. That was my section. And I was supposed to have this party of 23 people come in at noon. Yeah. So I'd only be there for like half an hour just hanging out, nothing to do. Yeah. Before they came in. And they took up the whole, my whole section. So I didn't have the chance to get sat with any other tables. Well, 12 o'clock hits and they're still not there. And then 12.15 hits and they're still not there. So they call us and they're like, hey, I'm so sorry. We're still like 30 minutes away. Uh, we're just running behind schedule. Okay. <laughs> it's annoying, but like whatever, you know, shit happens. Yeah. And then 12.45 rolls around. One o'clock rolls around. Uh-oh. And so we're like, okay, let's give them a call. Let's call them back. And they're like, yeah, we're still 16 miles away. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, so they showed up at 1.30, hmm. which means I was at work for two hours doing nothing. Yeah. Making no money because I didn't have any tables. That sucks. And I think I made maybe like $30 off of that table. Yeah. That sucks. So, yeah. And we could have recorded. We could have. For realsies. We could have. Yeah. I was like, dude, just freaking... Let me go home for a few hours until they come in, and I'll be here. I live right yeah. across the street. Right. <laughs> it won't take me long to get there. Right. Oh, it was so frustrating. And when I told Ryan, he got so pissed off. He was like, "You were there doing nothing. You weren't. You weren't making any money. Like they weren't. They weren't taking. They weren't. They weren't letting you take any tables." <laughs> no. <laughs> he was. He's still mad. But. Oh well. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I got about. 10 minutes for a break. Oh, gosh. And then I had to be back on to close. So <laughs> then I was there until 1030. <laughs> so it was so fun and eventful. Yeah, sounds like it. Oh, yeah, but the evening shift ended up being a lot busier. So I ended up making up for it a little bit. So, you know, That's not good. too bad. I can't complain too much, I guess. No. I mean, you could. <laughs> I could, but it could also be way worse. So Right. Yes, for sure. Other than that, uh, my cat, Percy, has crawled on my lap five times today and just cuddled for like a solid half hour. And then I'll get down and do something else and then I'll come back up and I'll cuddle. 
Is that not usual? Isn't Percy pretty cuddly? He is usually pretty cuddly, but usually I get like a cuddle per day, maybe. Oh, okay. But like the last like few hours, he's been all over me. Aw. And it's so cute. <laughs> I took some really cute pictures. Ryan took some really cute pictures of us snuggling. Cute. I'll send them to you. Yeah. Alrighty. Are you ready? What do you have for us today? Yes, I want to know. Today, we are talking about a place from our hometown. Uh-oh. What is from it? From St. Louis. Uh-oh. What is it? Today, we're talking about the Stifle Theater. Oh. Is it Stifle? AKA the Peabody Theater. The Peabody yes. Opera House. But it is yes. now the Stifle Theater. Is it Stifle? I, I don't know. Stifle. Stifle? I have no idea. I've been saying it as Stifle in my head this whole time. Okay, exciting. Stifle. Okay. If it's wrong, I don't know. Deal. Okay. <laughs> cool. So, the Stifle Theater is obviously in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, on Market Street, and has a very deep history with the city. Okay. The theater was originally built in 1934, and seats... 3,100 people. It was originally built as part of the municipal auditorium complex, which included a lot more like other stages and uh, conference halls and stuff like that. It was just this one big building where they could hold a bunch of events. Okay. Uh, So it also included a 9,300 seat convention hall that later became known as the Keel Auditorium. Oh, yeah. Yes. Originally, it was the municipal auditorium complex or whatever you want to call it. And then it became the Keele Auditorium, which will come later. Okay. So the theater was not finished until 1936. The inspiration for this ginormous project, it was huge. This building was huge. This inspiration came from the City Beautiful Movement, which was a movement throughout the country. And it reached its peak in St. Louis with the 1904 World's Fair that took place in St. Louis. Yeah. The City Beautiful movement was, like I said, all over the country, and its goal was to enhance the beauty of cities and add things to promote moral and civic virtue. So basically just kind of like community things that bring people together and make the city more beautiful. Okay. Okay. So in 1919, when the City Plan Commission realized they needed a large, versatile building capable of being used as a town hall or a theater or offices or arena, they decided this is what they needed to do. St. Louis voted on this, actually, and passed the nation's largest bond issue yet, Mm. getting $87.4 million. Damn. That was back then. Yeah. I didn't, I actually didn't even look it up. How much <laughs> like, it? damn, that was a lot of money. Like, that's a lot of money now. So back then. Hold on one second. Okay. Oh my goodness. That is a big <laughs> number, guys. I don't even know if I can read that number for real. <laughs> it's like one and a half billion. Okay. That's a lot that was of a big money. Number. I can't read that. <laughs> That's how guy. much it is. Okay. I can't do it. Um, so that was for the whole complex. Okay. Just for the theater was $5 million. Okay. Again, back then. So they started to build. 
And the Municipal Auditorium opened April 21st, 1934, with a production of Ada in the Opera House, which is a mm, nice a opera play type thingy thing. <laughs> opera. You know what I mean. Opera play type thingy thing. You know it. You get it. Yeah, one of those. One of those things. One of those things. <laughs> a couple of actually met... Like the Met, like the Metropolitan right. Opera. Like, yeah. A couple of the Met people were in this production. Giovanni Martinelli and Elizabeth Rethberg both okay. starred in the performance. The Met Touring Company continued to stop by the theater and perform throughout the year. So it was very, they had a very good relationship with the Met. When the auditorium opened, they threw a two-week-long celebration event. Nice. To bring publicity to the theater. Celebrations included the production of Ada. There was a Festival of Nations. Uh, there was also lots of parades. The first annual National Folk Festival took place. And there were all, overall more than 100 performances that took place over these two weeks. So the Opera House is gorgeous. Architecture, yes. beautiful. Yes. The Opera House is adorned with six Corinthian columns with sculptured panels on either side. So it's very like grand, lots of marble. Um, actually, a lot of it is uh, limestone. Mm, yeah. But the main attraction were two 10-ton limestone Missouri bears. Yep. <laughs> They're just two giant like life-size bears made of limestone, Missouri limestone. And they stand to guard the entrance. Protectors of the theater. Yes. In 1935, the Opera House became home to the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra, which is actually one of the oldest orchestras in the country, founded in 1880. And the really? St. Louis Symphony Orchestra, yeah, hmm. the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra remained at this theater until 1968 when they moved the orchestra to Powell Symphony Hall. In 1943, the Municipal Auditorium was renamed the Keel Opera House. And this was after former St. Louis Mayor Henry W. Keel, who had recently passed away, and was the one to approve the $87 million bond issue during his mm -hmm. time as mayor. He had a, a big part to play in this municipal comple complex. Yeah. And it was, everyone was pretty upset that he passed away before he was able to see it. Yeah. Life, you know? Yeah. During World War II, the Kiel Opera House continued hosting shows and concerts and even USO dances. Oh, nice. Cute. It had a actually very lively time during World War II. Uh, they didn't really shut down at all. Yeah. In the 1942-43 to 43 season, the Opera House hosted 272 events, actually. Dang. They were, they were really popping. Yeah. The it's like almost one a day. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah. St. Louis Opera Guild performed at the Opera House several times during the war years as well. And one of the most historical events to take place at the theater happened on October 30th, 1948, when President Harry S. Truman gave a speech at the Opera House. Oh. His speech was nationally broadcast across the world, across the world, nationally broadcast across the country. <laughs> And was his last speech that he gave on his re-election tour. Okay. By the time the 50s rolled around, the theater started holding rock and roll events. 
Oh, yeah. As well as their usual, like, you know, opera, symphony type stuff. Yeah. Now, the Met still toured and stopped by, and they did all that stuff as well. But they were leaning a little bit more towards the rock side now. Okay. And on June 20th, 1965, the famous Rat Pack performed. (sighs) I know, right? I would loved to see that. I know. I would have too. So Frank Sinatra, (laughs) Dean Martin, and Sammy Davis Jr. put together this benefit concert, actually, for Dismiss House. I, which was a national halfway home for convicts, the first halfway home for convicts. Oh, wow. I know. So that's what this benefit concert was to help with. The concert was so popular that they couldn't hold everybody that wanted to see it in the theater. Yeah. They couldn't even hold everybody that wanted to see it in the whole complex. Huh. So they had different rooms and halls throughout the complex opened where they were televising oh, what wow. was going on in the actual theater. So if you couldn't be in the actual theater, you could still be in the building. It was a, a closed-circuit TV thing, so it couldn't really go very far. Um, so it's like now where Beyonce is selling listening-only seats where you can be there watching her on TV. It's like that. Yeah. So they were like ahead of their time. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) they were the original Beyonce, okay? (laughs) Maybe not, but yeah, they had lots of like viewing rooms and stuff set out throughout the complex. And there was even people outside. Wow. And for the final song, the MC Johnny Carson joined them on stage. Oh, wow. I know. It was a stacked. stacked So amazing to see. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So, like I said, they recorded all of this stuff and televised it. But after the show, the videotapes were lost. (gasps) Oh, no. For 30 years. Oh. But they were found? Or being found in the 90s in a closet in the theater. What? And soon after it was found, it was broadcast on Nick at Night. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Isn't that so cool? And of all places, Nick at Night. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. It was the 90s. Yeah, but yeah, true. Right. Wow, that's amazing. I just think that is so cool that that happened in St. Louis. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and absolutely. Tapes had been lost for so long, and they were literally just in a closet in the same. Somebody, somebody's just like, "Ah, eh, I'm just gonna throw that in there," and then they're gone. Yeah, and then they forgot years. about it, and they were forgotten for thirty years. <laughs> right. Some employee is kicking kicking their own behind over that. Yeah. So, as well as them, there was obviously tons of other famous musicians that performed at the Opera House, including Duke Ellington, hmm? Ella Fitzgerald. Louis Armstrong, Bob Hope, Catherine Hepburn, Johnny Cash, Tony Bennett, Judy Garland, and more. Wow. I know. So during the last half of the 1900s, the Opera House started really leaning into the rock and roll, R&B, and pop sides. They were still doing their stuff, but 
obviously rock and roll and all of that was becoming a lot more popular now that 50s and 60s were starting to hit. Yeah. So again, more famous people started to perform. Elvis was there. Mm, Diana I was Roth, wondering if you were going to say Elvis. <laughs> Bob Dylan, Jimmy Buffett, Billy Joel, the Eagles, Bruce Springsteen, and a lot wow. of people. It was a big spot, apparently. Yeah. Although, in 1972, rock concerts were banned. What? Banned from the theater. Temporarily. Lame. It didn't last very long, but it was banned. Temporarily. Okay. After a show by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Oh. During the show, rowdy fans caused thousands of dollars worth of damage to the theater. Uh-oh. Yeah. And I I really dug in and tried to Emerson, look- Emerson, Lake, and Palmer's fans? That kind of surprises me. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> um. But I tried to like dig more into this and find out like what really happened and what damage actually took place and yeah. if anybody had any interviews about it, but I couldn't find any information about it. I'm I don't know if you came across this or have heard about this, but um like Guns N' Roses with Riverport. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about yeah, that I whole so. thing? Like I think so. With the bat kind of, you kind of expect like Axel Rose and something happened with the bat. I don't know about a bat. It's been so long, but I've thought about, I have thought about doing an episode on Riverport because you know, you know, my like obsession with Riverport. Oh, I know. Um, um but um, yes, no, don't even, Port. don't even do not. It is called <laughs> Riverport. It will always be Riverport. I know. <laughs> this, is a, Any- this is an argument we've been having <laughs> since I was like a teenager. Anybody from St. Louis in my generation will back me up. It is Riverport, okay? And when I win the lottery, from St. I am Louis in my generation. back and I am renaming it Riverport. That is my goal when I win the lottery. We have okay. talked about this, yes. And I'm fixing the parking because parking sucks. Anyway. Yeah, sucks. It's terrible. I expect that from, not that I expect it from Guns N' Roses fans. I'm not but saying that. Likely, I'm know? just saying, like, it's more likely, especially in, like, the 90s, like grunge era than like yeah <laughs> at we the Peabody Opera House on, on. yeah the fucking Opera House what the fuck right. <laughs> anyway go ahead so the band didn't last very long because by July 11th 1978 so only six years later they held one of the most famous rock shows that ever took place in St. Louis. Mm. At the Keel Opera House, the Rolling oh. Stones ah. sold out all the seats in the house. Yeah, that, that doesn't surprise 75 me. 75 minutes after a one-time radio announcement on two St. Louis stations, four days before the concert, they sold out in 75 minutes. Yeah. See, now, that's so, probably shocking, but... Concerts sell out faster than 75 minutes now. But But I bet then it was super fast. But the thing that makes this like crazy is that nobody knew this concert was going to happen until four days before it did. Yeah. When they announced it on the radio, a one-time announcement. 
Yeah. And they wow. never announced it again. And <laughs> it sold out in that little of time. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have advertising, or they didn't have advertising for shows like they do now. Yeah, yeah. So the concert really actually didn't bring a whole lot of revenue into the space. Um, I mean, I thought I think it's a lot of revenue, um, but <laughs> they probably don't. So it only brought in $35,000, mm, which today okay. would be $165,000. Okay. But despite this, the concert was a huge success. And with all like the last minuteness of it, it created this kind of like frenzy in St. Louis. There was people that were very pissed off that they could not get tickets to this show. <laughs> yeah. And there was people lining up outside. They had policemen with police dogs in front of the theater because people were getting a little crazy. Damn. Trying to get in there and see the show. So it created kind of a big moment in St. Louis history. Uh, another common use of the theater is graduations. Oh, Lots of yeah. graduations. High school, college, and uh, professional graduations. Yeah. It is estimated that over 400,000 people have graduated on the stage of the Opera House. Oh, wow. Know, that's that pretty great? cool. What a cool setting, though, because there are some, yeah. there are some places where, where graduations held that are not as beautiful. Like mine? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah. But it is what it is. Right. <laughs> so, on March... I think that may be May. It okay. says Mary. Mary? On Mary 4th, 1991. Like the name Mary. I'm pretty sure it's May. That's not a day. It's not. <laughs> On May 4th, 1991, the St. Louis Philharmonic performed what was the last performance in the Kiel Opera House for quite a while. Mm. The Opera House was officially closed on May 7th, 1991, and was closed for several years. And there were a lot of other attempts to reopen the theater, but none were successful until 2011. 2010-ish. Mm. Yeah. Nearly two decades passed before the doors opened again, and this time with a new name, the Peabody Opera House. That's I feel, that's what I always grew up knowing it as, so. Yeah, that's kind of what I remembered as. Yeah. Along with the new name, the theater had also gone through a $78.7 million restoration. Jesus. Yeah. I, I remember it going through all of that because- mm -hmm. It had been closed down so long, and I I guess nobody ever really was there that I had been interested in going to see when it was yeah. open previously to it being closed, but I do remember it going through renovations. Yeah. October 11th, 2011, the Peabody Opera House held an opening gala with performances by Aretha Franklin and Jay Leno. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it was, it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. The Opera House later partnered up with uh, Stifle, which is like a banking company in St. Louis, mm -hmm. and became known as the Stifle Theater in 2018. And they have a 10-year contract on the name rights. Okay. So they'll have that name until at least 2028. Yep. So nowadays, so that's all the, the histories. Okay. Today, the theater is back to thriving. 
lots of performances, orchestras, comedy shows, dance recitals, drag races, everything is taking place I there. I want to go to a drag race. I want to go to a drag race. Can we Let's go? Let's do it. Yes. We went to Hamburger Mary's once, right? Have you been to Hamburger Mary's with me? I haven't been to Hamburger, Hamburger Mary's with you. I went with people. Uh, from- no, we have. Did I it go was with during you? My in- it was during my internship. Oh, it was. I was going to say I went with people from my old work, but it was with it was, you. And I, I embarrassed myself in front of one of your coworkers. You did? Yeah, I think about it still to this day. What'd you do? I, I don't even know if she realized, but we were talking about like my internship and she was the assistant for the head guy. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah. The, yeah. And I remember saying something like, I don't know if I could ever be like an assistant for a man. <laughs> That's great. And she was there. She was there at lunch. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I still think about that. Oh, that's it's funny. Just like four or five years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been that's a little funny. while. Um, hey, if you're out there, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. She probably is not thinking about it. Probably not. I don't even know if she really realized what I had said, but yeah. I did, and I knew. Um, Hamburger Marys might be a good episode to do too. I think so too. I think that would yeah. be good. We should yeah. put that on the list. Okay. Okay, so you do Riverport. I'll do Hamburger Mary's. Perfect. Sounds good. All right. (laughs) So let's get into the hauntings. I knew there was some. I I was like, there has to be hauntings here. If Abigail's doing this, This there has to be hauntings here. This is kind of crazy, the amount of hauntings in this building. Really? Yeah. Okay. Several employees at the Stifle Theater have reported ghost sightings and as well as uh, patrons who come to see shows and such. Okay. And some of them have even captured these ghosts in video and in pictures. Hmm. The most frequent is Rachel. Rachel is a ghost. Okay. And Eric Kornman, the Stifle's senior public safety manager, was interviewed about these pictures and videos that he had taken of Rachel. And this is a quote from him. For me, I see bangs, curly hair, two eyes, a nose, and a mouth that appears to be smiling. Hmm. I believe her name is Rachel. We see her and hear her all the time. I've had guests ask me about her. She's been seen in the grand lobby, walking around, smiling, waving at people. She seems very friendly, does not seem malicious at all. Aww. She seems like a sweet lady who really likes the theater. Yeah. And the name Rachel was not chosen by staff, but chosen by the ghost herself. Hmm. Paranormal investigators came to the theater once. And once they got into contact with her, they asked her what her name was. And she said, Rachel. Okay. Her name's Rachel. Alrighty. Rachel also likes to sing. And you Aww. can actually hear her throughout the theater. <laughs> Mr. Cornman says about this, you can hear her. Actually, it's kind of pretty. She's a good singer. She'll warm up bars and hum a lot. You'll hear her up on the balcony areas. Sometimes if you're up here by yourself and the lights are off, she'll just start singing. Aww. Isn't that so cute? Yeah. She's just like a sweet little ghost lady and she just likes to sing. And she just wants to hang out. I wonder why she's there. I don't know. Um, I I read in one article that they think... 
She's the ghost of a woman who was murdered like a few blocks down. Oh. But, you know, they're not sure. Yeah. So okay. and I, I don't know what happened with that whole situation either. Yeah. There are a lot of other ghosts besides Rachel, though. A few years ago, some crew members for a Broadway show that was visiting the theater were up in the rafters setting stuff up for the show. And they said they saw a man in a coal miner's hat up in the rafters with them. Hmm. And the coal miner's hat had a candle in it. Oh. Yeah. And they were so scared that they immediately climbed down and quit. Oh. They're like, we're not we're not doing it anymore. We will not step foot in this building again. Wow. Yeah. And apparently he didn't say anything. He was just some guy in a coal miner's hat just sitting in the rafters observing. Huh. There's um in the whole theater, from everything that I've read, there's been no malicious ghosts or spirits or anything. Everyone seems to be just there to enjoy. Okay. So Mr. Cornman said that the Stifle Theater actually has things in place to prepare new hires for what they might witness. Really? It is so haunted that they give new hires a ghost tour during their orientation. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that so cool? That's amazing. Okay, I want to work it for HR there so I can Right? So I can give people right. okay, a ghost tour on their right. orientation. Let's just call it Mr. Cornman. I'm sure we can get it all worked out. <laughs> That's amazing. That is really, I mean, imagine if you go to a place and you apply for a job and you get the job and you're so excited and you're like, let's go. And then you go in there and all you're doing is ushering people to their seats. Easiest job in the world. And they're like, all right, orientation's here. You know, here's your paperwork. Fill out these freaking tax forms or whatever, and let's go on the ghost tour. Yeah. <laughs> what? What ghost tour? And then all of a sudden, uh, you work in a very haunted building. And I'm just thinking on my resume, I write, <laughs> did orientation and ghost tours. <laughs> yep. That's great. Another story from Mr. Cornman. He was in the ballroom with one of his colleagues, Dave, observing some training that was going on. I don't I don't know what kind of training. It just said training was going on okay. in the ballroom. And they were just kind of watching. And all of a sudden, they heard very clearly, both of them, Mr. Corman and Dave, heard very clearly, Dave. Oh. Coming oh. from the oh. room. I just got shivers. I know. And <laughs> it was, Mr. Corman was talking in this story. He's like, he heard it. He looked at me and said, did you hear that? They both oh. heard it. So they both went to check out the coat room, but nobody was in there. Oh, you don't know if I'm... Right? <laughs> There's also been stories of people about to fall off the stage <gasps> that get suddenly grabbed and pulled back onto stage. Oh. So these are like... I mean, that's... Very good ghosts. Good. Yeah. Very, you know, they're, they're there to protect and enjoy the arts. Yeah. That's what they want. So that is what I have on the Stifle Theater. Whew, okay. Which was a lot, actually. A lot more well, than I was expecting when I went into studying for this. Yeah. It's like, now now when I come back, I want to go see a show or something there. Well, I've been there once. I don't think I've ever been there. 
Um, so I won tickets to go mm-hmm. see Andy Grammer and Gavin oh. DeGraw there. And you took Nathan, right? I did not. I took he who shall not be named. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just threw up really fast. I just knew who she was talking about, so it just caused an immediate reaction. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, actually, I won tickets from um, Sirius XM Radio, whatever. Also won the- tickets to see Kenny Chesney at some point. I did. I did. I did. That's been years ago. Yeah, that was a long. That was when we were in the old house. Yeah, but yeah, I won tickets to go see Andy Grammer, and I got pretty good seats for that. Nice. I was super excited. Um, yeah. would have been. I mean, at the time, I thought I had good company, but you know, yeah. now should have taken Nathan. Well, Nathan was well. It was two thousand. Well, yeah, how long ago was this? It was two thousand sixteen. Mm. So, how old is Nate? How old would it probably have probably wouldn't even have wanted to go at that point? <clears throat> no, but yeah. but I mean, it was. I enjoyed the architecture. I enjoyed the concert still. So I still have do have fond memories, even Good. if Good. the company is. Disgusting. I don't like re- remembering Ugly. the company. <laughs> Disgusting again. Sorry. Right. All of those. Yeah. Yeah. You know who. You but are. anyway. But yes, I've been there and um, don't recall any ghosts, but it was beautiful in there. Yeah, it is. I've, I, I haven't been in there, but I saw some pictures and oh my gosh, it is like, it's so grand is like the only word that mm. I can use, like royalty almost in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was so fun. Well, thank you. I had a really good time learning about this place that's in my hometown. Yeah. I always, I always enjoy learning places that I've, that I have found in St. Louis or that I've like been to or something. So yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it is. All right. Cool. That's what I have. All right. Cool. So we love you all. And if you would like to, you can follow us on TikTok at roadside podcast, Instagram at roadside pod, uh, Facebook at roadside podcast, YouTube at roadside pod and roadsidepodcast.com is our website. You can also email us at roadsidepod at gmail.com. Tell us where you would like us to talk about places that you've been. Tell us your stories, all yeah. of that stuff. Do everything. And you can become a patron and help support us um, by going to patreon.com slash roadside and get bonus episodes. Yeah, do it. Cool. All right. We love you all so much. Love you. Thank you. Finding the thrill in the mysterious always. Bye. Goodbye.